And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and KC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter, that's at HEFPod. Facebook.com slash HEFPod is where all the latest English language content covering the Nitrack framework can all be found in one convenient location. You can also follow us, uh, that is on Instagram, uh, hey, I track Frankfurt. And uh, if you want to hurl some abuse at us, um, which some people do from time to time, that is hey, I track Frankfurt at gmail.com. So I don't do this show alone. Thank God. No one really wants to listen to me uh, waffle on uh, all by myself for that length of time. So here we are, joined by Matt in New York. Matt, how are things uh, post-match? Oh, not too bad, Brian. I'm glad you don't do the podcast yourself. Otherwise, people may call you a, uh, a psycho for talking about this team by yourself because no one can talk about this goddamn team as one lone person. But... um. <laughs> Here we are after another 90th minute um, goal, whether it's a, a tie or a, a win. Um, I, I don't, I'm not too sure, but I guess we'll discuss that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, let's go right to it, shall we? Um, so yeah, Eintracht Frankfurt, 2-1 victors over Groita Firth. We did all say on this podcast that uh, if we lose to Groita Firth, the team that, to point out to everyone, currently sits... Bottom of the table with one point. One single voluntary point from 11 matches. And to be fair, they did not look like a team that honestly was as bad as all that. But goodness me, um, the mistakes that they had that ended up benefiting the Eintracht show why this team is where they are. But shucks, uh, those first 45 minutes... One would have thought that there was no chance that Eintracht would come away with the three points. And yet here we are talking about three points earned, another three points earned away from home by Eintracht. And it was about as. It was about as. I mean, earned earned is a strong word to use in this sense, Brian. I mean, holy moly. I mean, if you look at the stats wise, we definitely deserve to win this win whatsoever. If you look at us, you know, our team in itself, you know, the aura, the, you know, the will to win, it was definitely not there. Um, I'm glad that Gloucester made a couple of great substitutions with Sebastian Rode, you know, putting the captain in, driving that midfield, you know, getting the hype up into our boys a little bit more. And that was, you know, for us resulting in two goals within 20 minutes, one in the 94th minute. But, um, I don't know, man. It's I I knew that once we were two once we were up one nothing, you know, that one other goal is gonna come up because our defense just cannot keep a clean sheet and Kevin Chuck can only do so much. Um once they scored that, you know, terrible, terrible set piece goal on the corner kick, I I I, I mean I wasn't shocked, honestly. I literally was like, This is it before they kick it, I knew this is it and they scored it and I and I knew right there and then I was like I have some very, very mean thoughts right now that I do not want to say out loud in public <laughs> regarding Glasner. But, you know, 
was Rafael Boris Santos with the freaking header with a beautiful cross by Kostic and the flick by Indica. I mean, you can't script it, but, you know, this is the third game in a row where we've had to score a 90th minute winner to, you know, get our, get ourselves a result. But holy crap, Ryan, this was this was way too close for comfort. This was about this is kind of like shaving without any shaving cream. You know that you're just going to cut yourself up badly. And this team was bleeding just uh, opportunities. And yet the defense held strong. Um, well, here's we the thing, to too, against a team that is like, like, let me mind you, this is the second time I've ever been in the Bundesliga. They won, I think, four games or so on that last time they were in the Bundesliga. And mind you, that was almost 10 years ago, back in 2012, 2013. And the fact that. You know, it's a rinky-dink team. There's about 15K people that fit in the stadium. You know, they are rival to Nuremberg's fan base. And obviously, people are going to go over Nuremberg if they are not are more fans of Bayern. You know, it's it's shocking that it's... Honestly, it almost felt like we were playing Mannheim again. And I was scared to death that we were going to get the same results after the first half. You know, you're not wrong. Like, it was a dangerous match to watch. It was dangerous for our health. Um, I can't really think of any other position that we could have, any worse position that we could have placed ourselves in. It just was a scary, scary uh, moment. And going forward, look, I can't say or stress this enough that we came away with the three points, yes, did we deserve it? No, but you know what? Second one of the Bundesliga season. Come away with wins who don't deserve to win all the time. Uh, I'm looking at Bruce Dortmund and their lofty position within the Bundesliga table. And we all know that, you know, there's been only a handful of times that they've actually looked really good. In case anyone is wondering what I mean by that, you don't concede 17 goals and sit just four points behind the league leaders. That's you so true. <laughs> that is I just ass not. Freiburg is sitting in, in ninth with 18 goals scored, or sorry, in third with 18 goals scored and has nine goals against. <laughs> yeah, just asinine freaking numbers. Asinine numbers. And you know what? At the end of the day, we said, um, well, I opened up my mouth. And a whole bunch of junk spewed out in saying that after the Bayern match, I was like, all right, so we're going to the international break. We're going to come out and tear at the place. We got Hertha, we got Bochum, we got Greutherfurt, we got Leipzig. It's going to be tough, but we need to get the points here. Uh, that didn't exactly go as planned. But to me, this suddenly we were in a, hey, you don't win here. All sorts of alarm bells will start going off. Now has, this is kind of like. Well, the narrative would have been cast out point. if we lost, right? That would have been the narrative. Oh, that would have been. He, it would have been a con- conversation been starter. So, so hard because, you know, no win. Okay, so you're in, you have nine points, but. 
You know what? Augsburg and Bielefeld both have defeated Stuttgart in successive weeks, which has had Stuttgart just kind of sit there 10 points for a long time and has allowed Augsburg and Bielefeld to be, even with Eintracht's win, within striking distance of Eintracht. Like, only goal difference would have kept us, you know, we've only in a good one spot. team within the bottom 10, you know. We lost to Bochum, we lost to Hertha, we tie Stuttgart, we tie Augsburg, we tie Armenia, and we fucking beat Fuert. Like, we can't play well against bottom 10, bottom, you know, the bottom tier of the teams, which makes me put in perspective. Like, yes, we're in, you know, we're about a third of the way of the season through now. We are struggling against the bottom tier teams. Now we're going to be playing. We're playing Freiburg next. You know, we still have to play Mainz. We still have to play Berlin. We still have to play Gladbach. Um, oh no, sorry, we already played Gladbach. But no, um, we got Gladbach. Oh, oh, all right, yeah, we still have Six, to play match day sixteen. Yeah, but I mean, like, we still have to play the big boys, and you know, we had quite a few opportunities to gain points about against these bottom feeders. That you know, these next games. Not that any of these past games were easy. These next two games are going to be even harder for us, you know, and it's it's incredibly worrisome. Like, yes, those three points against Bayern are going to be very, very crucial for us if we ever get into a relegation battle. Um, and I hate to dare that they even utter those words because that brings me back memories. And I hated those second league um, days. Let me tell you that. But we are not good against the rest of the league. Every single game right now, you know, I see us as an underdog. You know, I it's 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 crazy how fast the you know our projections have um, turned from you know being a what looked like to be a promising, consistent Europa League team to you know already fighting for survival at this point. You know, it's we're three points off the relegation playoff battle. That's not right. No, it's not. Look. And it hurt seeing, you know, two former Eintracht players, you know, looking good. Villains had some good moments. Regatta, I mean, there's Dutcher a reason a why thick boy. Oh, my God. He's a tank. <laughs> Love him. Um, both of those guys looked dangerous. But I will say this much again. The right-hand side is so woefully inept that... We just shift everything over to Kostic. And you know what? Kostic didn't have exactly the greatest of games. He didn't. Because, you know what? He can't. He's not. He's. Look. He's not going to perform like lights out every single match day. You don't even have that from like the Bayern guys. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Holland doesn't even do that. Like the stars of the league are not able to pull that every single time. And you know what? The sheer fact that we got, came out with three points, I'm like, full, big, big sigh of relief. Oh, for sure. I mean, Kostic can only, you know, be a 10 out of 10 player, you know, only all of the time. He can't do that 100% of the time in the games. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we lack. We don't have anybody as a backup when Kostic, you know, can't perform that game. You know, if Kostic was having a rough day, even though he did have that goal the goal scoring assist to an assist, technically. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, second assist, right? I mean, Hintzelberger didn't really look that strong. You know, he did a little that little knee bump he had earlier in the in the first half was a little bit scary. You know, I'm not too sure how bad that knee is going to look, even though his face got most of the beating. Um, that knee collision was scary to me. Um, sorry, Hintzelberger. Um, Indica didn't was 
you know, like, how did Verita Fifth get their goal? They got it off the set piece, which is how they've scored most of their goals this season. And it was because uh, we did not have uh, any guy defending exactly. him and, you know, put it right in. And I saw that the second, first time it went in. I'm like, son of a bitch. Did it just go in because no one's on him? And the replay, I'm like, well, yeah, he made up for it go. though. He made up for it though by starting <laughs> starting that goal. You know, starting the ninety fourth minute goal. I mean, I don't know how the referee didn't call a foul on that, but he completely bodied that one right winger or left winger, whatever the hell it was. Um, so Diga did make up for that in that sense, but yeah, that that set piece goal in the ninetieth minute. I literally, I my girlfriend had to hold me back because I was going to throw my computer at my TV <laughs> and and break two screens. That's how mad I was. <laughs> well, we're all glad that that didn't happen. Um, so looking at some of the ways that we lined up. So Lindstrom, after a really good showing at the vocal, he got the start. Um, he had a few glim- uh, glimmers, and so did Kamada, who also started. But, I mean, it Kamada just... had a good assist. I mean, no, no, granted, no. He had a real, no. He had the, he had the assist that to me was the kind of assist that other guys on the team will not get, but he will get in traffic. That just kind of cuts that can cut through. It's right. just you know, and the ball came right to him as well. well. Yeah, I mean, the ball came right to him as well. You know, off a defensive mistake. So I mean, I mean, granted, Kamada, you know, executed well enough for Roy to get his first goal of the season. Thank God, but. I mean, that's, I mean, you put it right there with Lindstrom, you know, put the nail in the coffin right there. And it's something that we've iterated in a couple episodes before, you know, um, there's no consistency in this lineup, you know, it changes every single time, you know, we have Lindstrom is when he doesn't start, like when he comes off the bench one game and then starts the next game, that game, he's on fire. But if he has back-to-back starts, he's, you know, Almost like on he's he's on the milk carton, you know he's missing like he's like a missing kid. It's it's kind of it's we're just lacking consistency, and I think it's also a big part of Glasner not putting in the right lineup every single time. Have we had injuries? Yes, but we still have to have some sort of consistency. Like we got Lindstrom this year. Like let's let's input the kid. You know, like why the hell not? Like he's a Dane. He's a U twenty three player. Like let's let's get the legs moving. Like he's not gonna have a a great game every single game he's got to get warmed up to it um it's just the lack of consistency we get in the lineup week by week is what's really hitting with this lineup you know can totally agree look you had the kind of players who were left on the bench unused Hasebe, Hauga, Lammers I mean do you think that every single time we play Hasebe and Ilzanka we're a much 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 better team or is that just me or is that just the Europa League? I think that's just Europa League. It's start. It's starting to show just a little bit, and also you got to realize that Walsh Ilsenker has kind of is not exactly a first choice guy. You also have to realize that if we really do not foresee ourselves keeping him around, then he has got a very finite amount of matches that he can play before. Um, his contract is automatically extended, and these guys cannot. Uh, the management staff cannot make a stupid mistake like that because that's the kind of crap that, like you know, a player if he, like 
has got it written into his contract. If he scores 10 goals, like he, or plays however many minutes, you know, he gets a bonus or all sorts of random other crap that you hear about other teams agreeing to. And you just kind of shake your head and wonder what the hell is going on. Um, I do think. I feel bad for Almonte Torre for getting subbed, off, subbed in and getting subbed off again. <laughs> Actually, I had no problem with that. Because I good. think he would he would have been he knew when he was being yanked off that hey you know what we're trying it's like Timmy Chandler is just going to be better suited to being able to be a defend uh, like a defending defender whilst Toure is just more of an attacking guy it, like it was a very very late sub uh, Ilsaka I mean shit Ilsaka came on for Kamada like. I mean, that just screams that, hey, we're, we're playing out the last few moments of the match to try and get the win, which, you know. And I think that's what pissed me off the most is that we had six subs. I think that's what yeah. pissed me off the most that we had six defenders on the sub when we still let in a set-piece goal. Like, what are we doing? Like, we subbed in. I mean, you could have made a great point. Timmy Chandler's also obviously taller than Amani, put him in the box. Ilzanker's pretty damn taller than Kamada. Put him in the box, and we still had in a goddamn set piece goal in the 90th minute. Like, oh, I was so excited to give to like celebrate Kevin Trapp's like second clean sheet in the Bundesliga. But it was just wasn't meant to be with that, you know. But that I agree with you. That was just crazy. But hey, crazy last minute shit. That's what happens. Uh, yeah. And look, I was screaming. Um, okay, I did have my hands on the Twitter sphere uh, at HEF Pod on Twitter. Uh, I did my have control over it during the second half, and I kept on saying, you know, especially once um, we got the rule to go, I was like, yank off Bore, take off Bore. I'd have been saying that all day long. And when he put that thing in there, now from that point blank range, you know, you're either going to be the hero or you're going to be an absolute villain because no one, like, no one misses from there unless they just sky it. Which, when you do see someone sky it, you just laugh. But <laughs> him getting that goal, he's needed it a lot. And I hope that that gives him the kind of a. Uh, confidence boost going into the international break that it will make him think you know what i'm getting there i'm getting there and you don't have like you know a glimmer of hope and then it all comes like you know then you have the house land on you like i mean i'd like to hope that this is the kind of long-term success that we're able to get from him that really you need just kind of like one or two moments early on to give you that confidence that, yeah, this is a league where you can be, you know, a starter and do great things. And a long term, yeah. I think that this will benefit, but I mean, I'm still undecided on him, but thank God he was there at the right time. Yeah, I mean, thank God he was right there at the back post, but it's... I mean, it's it's like I said before, you know, the inconsistency in the lineup, which hasn't been given enough time for Bory to, you know, develop into this nine position that, you know, we are suffering greatly. And um, I'm glad they've been playing him consistently more now. Now, you know, he's been starting consistently a lot of more games. It does seem like he's getting in some sort of dangerous situations here and there. So um, he's definitely getting more comfortable with him, like the Bundesliga playing style and stuff like that. 
Granite, we played Kreuzer Fürth, so, you know, one-point team. They've scored a few goals here and there, you know, just just want to put that in perspective again. However, though, he is get definitely getting more comfortable within um, the lineup. It's just, it's just, it's just, we just look so disconnected and just no rah-rah True. and just like everyone is just kind of there. Like, I mean, everyone's definitely trying, you know, everyone's definitely, you know, putting in the effort. You can definitely tell when they chase after balls and stuff like that. But there's something else missing. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just because there's been so many change um, over the summer or there's just so many inconsistencies in the lineup. It's just, there's something missing. You know, the urgency is, is there. The, the, the will is there. It's just one other piece and I can't really put it. Is it because we're missing a number nine and we need Bory to step up a little bit? Could be. But, you know, Sam Lamas had a good start. He had a couple of great opportunities as well when he was come in, when he's played and stuff. We haven't seen him on the field for quite, uh, you know, for quite a lot of time in the past couple of games. You know, I don't know how, I feel like he's only racked up like 30 total minutes in the past like three, four games. So it's, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, like you said, thank God Borg was at the end of that thing. But I don't <laughs> think I don't think that Borgo would have happened. Well, it wouldn't have happened at all with a Kostic, a classic Kostic cross, and then add on top of it a great little flick by Endika, one of our best, one of our best players of the team. Yeah, Endika. Gosh, uh, he's gone. You know, he's gone in the summer. He's not staying. He's not one who will. St- I think he would stay because I think he's like, hey, you know what? I'm in a good spot right now. Like, I mean, nope. I think because of where the national, he's so far off the national team radar. He's like, you know what? I'll just continue to play until someone big comes for me. Someone big, some bigger platform that will actually play because every single time he's ever linked with a club, it's always some club in England. And you know how much they love their transfer clickbait up there to the point that I'm like, no one fucking cares about what you think. Moving on, not listening. What to if he went to Newcastle? Uh, I can see that being a project. He's still twenty. Yeah, but I mean, then hmm. I don't know any good other twenty-year-old centerbacks. But the thing is, like, I don't, I don't. There's no French team that I can think of offhand that would buy him. I don't think the French defenders have never really been all that lauded in Spain, Italy. I look. Where the, where they just kind of end up these days is England a lot of times. I mean, if you think about all the kind of defensive line players that uh, play for France, they're all basically in England, outside of like the real stars that are here, there, and everywhere. England would be the only place that he probably would end up, and I say that because I mean, what he could in theory go back to France you know if some French club came in with a huge offer but we're talking like there's only like four teams who've got that sort of cabbage that we would accept and one of them would not even give him a second look or even a first look that that team being Paris the other teams are all uh, no uh the others I, I are see what the like a Bordeaux, you know, like that kind of mm, team. I Maybe mean, Leon. they don't, they don't, they don't have the money. 
I'll, I'll well, how much do you think he's worth? To me, I think he's like worth 20, 25 million. Like, I think I we agree. will accept that as a buy and just kind of try and find another cheapo guy to flip. I well, mean, honestly, us saying 20 mil probably crushes like, you know what? Nine mil sounds about great to me. <laughs> if he the way the Silfa deal went, I mean, come on. Yeah, I look. There's too much stuff there that kind of points to the fact that you know that Leipzig knew who was now the sporting director. And like, yeah, we're lowballing you. We know he wants to move out, and he will very much want to come to us because. Of what we can offer him financially and competitively, which, hey, look, look at the Leipzig where they're at right now. I mean, like, he's not doing well, but they're now back in the, they're in the top five right now. They're in fifth place, you know, just one point away from the Champions League after a real shitty, shitty start and a really shitty start in the Champions League uh, as well. But, I mean, they'll be right back in it. Everything points to that. but yeah, but keeping it to the current players right now, what are we thinking about Jakic? I mean, this kid. He's a automatic buy. This kid is something special. I think if we keep him in the midfield, you know, we can definitely build around him because he's he's everywhere. This man is literally everywhere on the field, on the defensive side of things, on the offensive side of things. Like he's a cost stitch in the midfield right now for us. He's just an engine. True. I wish he had a better range of passing. Yeah. To be fair, that is something that keeps on niggling at me when I watch him on a match in match out basis. Yeah, but I think that also comes with the Bundesliga experience. I mean, he's he came in late into the game, you know. So True. um I mean what, like three three, four games late, but I think I think this guy can be something special, you know. I'm glad that you know, we we tapped into the Baltic area there and gotten someone over there again. You know, keeping it with, you know, Jokic or yeah, Jovic and Kostic, Rebic. Now we got Jakic. We like the itches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I keep on going back to this one defensive player who is. I mean, you're right. Jakic has been a great player uh, for this team so far, but to me, the def- like the other defensive player who's been a crucial player for us. Once he gets back healthy, he'll be another key man again. I I just guarantee it. Uh, Chris Lentz, I mean, before he got injured, he was our best signing. Now, he has been surpassed, yes. But still, once he gets back healthy again, I don't doubt for even the slightest moment that he is fitting right back into the starting 11. Oh, and big time. And, like, if we thought we had offensive issues, like, the start of the season, like, we just couldn't do anything. And yet he was just a rock up there, and you saw a little bit of why, uh, like, of why Union fans were just like, ah, shit, we didn't want to lose him. But, hey, he got a not, uh, he had it pretty nice contract offer that was on the table and that's a guy who I want more of and I kind of look at it from the standpoint of the players who we have brought in like for this season like you know we haven't seen any, enough of Jens Pitahauga 
we haven't seen enough of Lindstrom. He was you know, more worried about the Milan Derby this weekend, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, kind of interesting first 45 minutes that was. And then it was boring and shit. Kind of reciprocal of art. At least if oh, you I mean, yeah, I was just saying it because he posted social media stuff about AC Milan, but didn't post about, you know, Boris' 90th minute winner. But that could also be because he was pretty salty about not getting into the game I on Sunday. Him. But I'm not his agent. I'm not his bird. So I can't tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> so here, here comes a question I'll put to you before we kind of wrap up, I think, what's been a fun discussion uh, on the kind of players and where we're at right now is if Herstic is healthy and fully available for this match, does he start? Have you not been listening to me talk about Hustic for the past couple of other episodes? This motherfucker <laughs> needs to start. I mean, excuse my French, but I mean, like, this guy's traveling over Australia today to, you know, score another free kick banger or, you know, dice, some, dice a couple people and have a great assist. I mean... This guy's a playmaker. This guy's a difference maker. Like, he has the ball, and he's immediately comfortable around it, which we don't have on our team right now. Like, Kamada acts like he's comfortable, but he gets too comfortable on it where the ball gets stuck to his foot, and he loses it, and he has to backtrack a couple steps where he's three, two, three, uh, three four steps too late onto the ball. Kustic needs to play. I mean, yes, we have other strong players like Lidstrom who have a lot more experience within the European League. Yes, we have also Jens Pietahauga, who's a freaking, you know, Loney who has his moments here and there. Granted, we're not giving him enough shining moments right now. Um, another Glasner issue, which I don't want to get into any into anymore because <laughs> I'm on the verge with this coach right now. Um but yeah, I mean, Husic needs to start. I mean, I my ideal for my my ideal midfield, if if we're gonna put it like up, I would have like Jakic and so as our center mids. I'd have Husic as our number ten, Kostic on the left, probably Eric Duhm on the right or uh, Lindstrom on the right, depending on the day, honestly, and depending how the coffee smells. Um, and then put Bore up top. And I think Husic being that uh, that number 10 spot for Bore can really help out Bore within like kind of maybe even a little, playing a little bit of a false nine. Like they could both play like that number 10 role, um, feed off to the wide, and then, you know, flood the box in a, in a sense. Or Husic can easily pass the ball out wide to Kostic because he's a lefty. You know, he's obviously going to go to the left side of the field. Not that we already go there, but he can also diversify it to the right side of the field. Um, and maybe give Eric Duhm or Lindstrom, you know, a couple chances. But, yeah, we need to play this guy. I mean, he's a stud. He's, he's so comfortable on the ball. He, he literally, once he has a ball, he looks ahead and takes a big touch and tries to beat the first guy. Like, we don't have that kind of person right now, you know. It's, it's yes, the tiki-taka with Oliver Glaster does look pretty. It does put us in control. We do have that counterattacking aspect as well, which it just hasn't been successful in the final third. But I think Husic is going to be that great balance center attacking mid for us that can uh, provide that. And then put Kamada, you know, put Kamada on the bench, uh, bring Kamada off the bench for Husic because Husic is one of those players that, you know, goes 110% for 90 minutes dies out by the like 75th minute we put in Kamada then you know you can celebrate on Kamada Island on how like great of a player he is <laughs> off the bench so it's it's like a win-win situation that's in that in that in that scenario with Hustich and you know also giving Kamada a couple chances but Glasner doesn't see that at this point you know and 
I can't even remember the last time Husic even played besides starting against, um, I think it was against Olympiacos or Kreuzerfurt the other day or the other month. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a second, man. It's been a second. So, but what what do you think? You should start, right? Like, I, I hope I'm not the only one in this. <laughs> I think when I think that he presents uh, an alternative. If if Kamada didn't not if Hustich is healthy, Kamada threw up a dud. I would have put him next to Lindstrom. Because then you have a kind of yin and yang setup, and you would have thought that that would have flipping worked. But when you have no right, Ugh. I mean, That's... hey, who's who should start against Leipzig? So, and, and, and he was subbed out for freaking Barcock, which is wild to me in the 59th minute. Well, to be fair, I thought Hustich against Leipzig was pretty masked. But you're talking about a team that's pretty much well well set up. And, and we were uh, playing a defensive formation with Husic playing alongside So. So exactly. if, if so him and Kamada switch too far, he does not work. No. He's not he's not defensive minded. He's an offensive player. You can tell when he touches the ball. He goes towards the opposite end of the field. He doesn't go back. Exactly. Ah uh, well, so it is kind of content for our favorite segment breaker before we head into two where the most needed segment for Matt these days, <laughs> let's be fair, is hashtag what are we drinking? Matt, what do you got for us? Well, I'm trying to stay in the happy spirit here. So I bought myself a beer from the Bronx Brewery, but the beer can says Bronx on it. And if you could imagine, <laughs> the, but if you can imagine the zero being completely erased and it's the classic yellow smiley face on the beer can that's exactly what i have and the beer can <laughs> is called smile my guy so there you go trying to stay on the positive side of things brian really forcing myself smart thing there because i'm ready to uh get right to it on a night like this I'm talking about eintracht frankfurt I have to go a little bit heavier. So um, this is a drink that uh, a lot of people like. It's called Pink Whitney. It's this uh, pink lemonade flavored vodka from Amsterdam Vodka. It it does hit the spot, especially straight up. I mean, shut up, uh, school. Yeah, those guys. Uh, those guys are behind this product, and gotta admit, it is pretty damn 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 good. So no free that ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey Andrew. Frankfurt will be back with a front one and wrap up uh, with some final thoughts uh, on that international duty in just a moment. And we're back here at Frankfurt. It's time to talk about Frauen. So bringing back Frauen Corner. Hi. So we talked about how uh, last week how uh, Eintracht Frauen would be taking on Wolfsburg. It was going to be available from NBC Sports. So fun 
thing happened there. The Eintracht went 2-0 up on the Wolfsburg. You're thinking, oh my gosh, we are possibly pulling off another big upset. Then everything uh, started off tits up. Yep. It just went just... <sighs> the brand Look. speaks for itself, Brian. The Frankfurt brand, the Eintracht Frankfurt brand speaks for itself sometimes. True. And uh, yeah, the frown uh, come away with the loss. To be fair, I thought that the amount of added time was a little bit excessive. And go figure that, like, they gave him, like, an extra minute and then some to let the ladies have a ch- have another shot on goal. And then it happened off a set piece. Uh, you know what? That was so depressing on the Friday. I thought, oh, God, this is what it's going to be like all flipping week. Uh, and I... Yeah, yep. I mean, I mean, they're they're kind of in the hot seat right now, right? I mean, they really didn't uh, set the tone for us for the weekend. No, they didn't. Um, the thing is, that's the Eintracht action that's going to be happening this upcoming weekend. Uh, on the twelfth, we've got Eintracht in Vienna. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, sir. Kansas Vienna. All right, so we got Vienna uh, next on the list for the Eintracht for the Eintracht Frauen. We hope that uh, they come away with the needed victory because it, 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 it was a kick in the teeth uh, having them lose because in such uh, dramatic circumstances when you really have a team fight so hard for it. L- look at the table right now. Seven matches in. Three points separate first from sixth. It's so tight right now. And Yena has got two draws to their name. This is the team that you just need to kick like you know, they, you know that you're three gonna be goals able to knock them out. Games. You need to just put them out of their misery. Three goals scored all the season. This is the kind of team that you're gonna be on the front foot pushing the entire time. And uh yeah, if I can get the predictor out, I'm predicting a high track victory in this one. Like if we don't get a win here, then it's like, okay, what is going on here? Cause then that's like you know, so many questions. There's so many questions to ask if that happens, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. No, I mean, they've, been getting, they've been getting spanked left and right. I mean, I think they lost to like Freiburg 5 1. They lost to Hoffenheim 5 1. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, the only competition they have is with Zanhausen, and I think they tied him 0 0. So it seems like they are, you know, earned you know, congratulations for making in the Bundesliga for sure, but it's definitely a different kind of competition, it seems like, and it seems like it's going to be a quite a long season for Kaltzeit Siena, but I mean, it's going to be a great confidence booster for our Frauen, you know, so that we can, you know, put this game behind us um, against Wolfsburg, you know, with the unluckiness and whatnot, and, you know, only only way forward is to kind of look up, you know, and sorry that Kaltzeit Siena is going to be in the way of that, but it's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Indeed, speaking of crumbling, uh, well, not exactly crumbling, but the Eintracht team is starting to go uh, left, right, and center because it's time for international duty. That's KT off for Germany. You've got... Uh, Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah. The best goalkeeper Recall in Germany back. right there. Yeah. I will clap for that. Yeah. You got Ilsenker and Hinti. For uh, Austria, you got Kamada for Japan. 
You got Costa Serbia. You got this is for anyone who's not aware. This is basically like the last. Kustic for Austria. So for Switzerland. Bore for Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. Uh, Barcock for uh, uh, Morocco. Uh, Morocco and Hauge for uh, Norway. Walt Lindstrom is with the youth. Uh, uh, I think it's like the under 21. Uh, 23. Team, so 20, uh, 23. Okay. Uh, plenty of action for all of those guys over the weekend. But uh, yeah, we're, we are going to be putting out there on Twitter um, a little kind of conversation piece that where you fall on the whole. And we'll bring this up on our next episode uh, ahead of Eintracht returning to Bundesliga action. But the question that I want to put to the folks, and we'll put it on a Twitter poll uh, out there for everyone to interact with, but personalized tickets. It's a big kerfuffle right now in Germany. want to know where folks are at with that. So uh, we'll put that out there, whether yes, no. Uh, or you can even have your own miniature rant, and we'll kind of bring the results of that out there and kind of discuss it on the next podcast. Uh, when we're previewing Eintracht versus Freiburg. So last week, we happened to put out an episode. Uh, in At the end of our episode, we talked about uh, setting out one of the swag giveaways. So you know what? I Before we started this episode, I thought, you know what? It's time, it's time to make the drawing. And with all the, the likes, the shares on uh, Twitter, Instagram... And Facebook, we do have a winner at uh-huh. Alright, so the winner of a lovely white Eintracht fresh Wait, should we have Nathan input a uh, drum roll in this here? Yeah. Drum roll, please. <laughs> drum roll, Nathan. Ben Wibbins, we'll begin getting in contact with you. We'll send you out a lovely Eintracht Frankfurt shirt just for you, and uh, we'll be doing another one when we come. I'm thinking. I'm thinking once we defeat Freiburg, that's that's the kind of time that we need to uh, almost reward uh, our fans for being loyal listeners to us. So, congratulations to you, Ben and Matt. <sighs> congratulations to both of us for having gotten through this episode. Hey, I can Frankfurt. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to episode 195. Where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? You can find me at wagm8 underscore on Twitter, and then you can follow us on the Instagram page at Hey Frankfurt, where we have Gonzalo Penciencia and Peter Fisher always engaged in our Instagram posts. So Ooh, if you nice. want to check it out, I mean, hey, go see what the guys are actually doing in Frankfurt looking at. So um, you know definitely recommend a follow. Sharks, maybe we should, uh, for the next milestone of uh, followers for our Instagram, perhaps we should send out a, sw- a swag item for that. That'd be great. All right, come on, folks. Follow us on Instagram. That's Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Also on Twitter, that's at HEFPod. Facebook.com slash HEFPod for all your English language content about the Eintracht Frankfurt. And, of course, you can always uh, drop us a uh, Confidential email, uh, if you are so inclined, that is heyeintrofrankfurt at gmail.com. So for all of us here at Hey Frankfurt, uh, stay safe. Enjoy your enjoy the international break off uh, once you have cheered the Frauen onto victory. And until next time, choose. Auf geht's, Adler. Hey,